John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The title of this message is, Jesus Made a Way. You know, we, we often hear about uh, how Jesus provided salvation for us, and that through Him we have access to God. Through its, it's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that gets applied to our life that, that we have what's called righteousness, but it's not on our behalf. It's put on our account because of what He did. And you know, Jesus did something else for us when He died on the cross, or shortly thereafter. This Scripture we just read says that He's going away, but why is He going away? He went to prepare a place for us. And He said that this place has many mansions. You know, we, we focus on that sometimes as far as what we're going to see when we get to heaven. But I want you all to understand something else. Jesus went, went back to heaven to prepare for us, and that is intercession. You see, Jesus didn't only save your soul. He didn't only provide a way that you could escape hell. No, He's standing on the right hand of God, the Word says, making intercession for you. He's there. Listen, he's, I want you to personalize this. I want you to understand that Jesus is there on my behalf. Amen? He's there on my behalf. Y'all ever had to... I'll give you an example that some of you can understand. Have y'all ever had to go to somebody at work and say... Hey, my brother-in-law or my cousin or a friend of mine is looking for a job. And I tell you what, man, they can work good. They're, they're, they're dedicated. They're good. They're a good person. They're, they're sharp. They do this or do that. I'd like for you to give them an opportunity to be hired. What are you doing? You're going to that person on behalf of somebody else. You're sticking your neck out saying, look... My name, my reputation is on the line right here. Have you ever done that for somebody and then that person turn around and just make a fool out of you? And you say, man, I, wouldn't, I ain't ever going to do that again. I went to them and said you was this and that and then you just said, oh, well, to heck with it. I don't care. You see, Jesus is standing on the right hand of God whispering in God's ear if he has to. Or I don't know, he may be hollering at him sometimes. However the method of communication is, doesn't matter. But you see, Jesus is standing there on your behalf. You see, He made a way for you to come back to God, a way that you could be saved, but He's also standing there all the time making intercession for you on your behalf. He's saying, Father, Father, He's one of mine. I know He deserves punishment, but... You see, you sent me, and I paid for his price. I covered his sin. Remember that? Father, he's one of mine. Don't touch him. Father, he's covered by my blood. You understand what I'm saying? You look back in the Old Testament, what happened? Man, some people would make God mad, and what would he do? Boom! He'd strike them down. 
You see, but this is a different time. You know what this time is called? It's called the age of grace. Why? Because Jesus went to prepare a place for you. You see, He's standing there. He's standing there bending the ear of God saying, God, He's one of mine. Or maybe you're not one of His. Maybe you're not one of His. What's Jesus saying? He said, Jesus, God, just give Him one more chance. See, I don't want Him to perish. Come on, there's still hope, God. Don't, 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 hit, don't strike Him down yet. Give Him a chance, God. See, He's making intercession. He's there trying to, to make a way for you. He's still trying to make a way if you hadn't accepted Him. He's still preparing a place for you if you want to accept it. That ought to tell you something about God. You see, God, the Father, sent Jesus to die for you. But that wasn't all He sent Him to do. You see, Jesus told these disciples here, He said, I'm going away, but you can bet on it. If I go away, I'm coming back for you. You see, God sent Jesus so that you could come back into fellowship with Him. And along the way, He provided this other way, this other thing called intercession where Jesus stands there and just pleads your case before God. I know you've all seen court trials. You've probably even heard the example before where on the day of judgment, it's going to be like a big court case and Satan's going to be in there making accusations against you. And Jesus is just going to sit there and listen to all these accusations. And before judgment is pronounced on you, Jesus is going to stand up and say, Yeah, but all that was washed away when I died on the cross. You see, this way He provided was not just a one-time thing. It wasn't something... I want y'all to understand today that salvation may be behind you. You may be moving forward, but there is somebody up there right now listening to your prayers, taking them to the Father and saying, Lord, Lord, this is one of mine. This prayer carries a little more weight. Why? Because Jesus is the one handing it to God. You understand that, to, that you don't have to worry about how your prayers are getting answered. Y'all ever worry about that? You ever wondered, did God even hear my prayer? Well, I want, I want you to understand something. that If you're covered by the blood, that prayer is being carried by Jesus to God and laid at His feet. You know, grace is sufficient to cover everything. We don't have to worry about, is this prayer going to be too much? Is that going to be pushing me past the limit of what God can do? No, His grace is all sufficient. It will cover everything. It will provide in ways you can't imagine. Because Jesus Himself, He didn't send somebody else. He don't let a little angel handle this task. He didn't go to prepare a place and then sit down and rest. He didn't need to rest. No. He went and prepared a place for you and, and went and stood by the Father and said, Alright, I'm here. You know, we think sometimes of, in terms of worldly things and you can think of a, a king sitting on a throne being God the Father and then His Son sitting on His right side. Why? Why do they do that? To exalt themselves. So that people see them in a place or a position of authority. 
That ain't why Jesus is standing on the right hand of God. Does He deserve it? Oh yes, He deserves it. He deserves everything we could ever say to Him or or pronounce to Him saying that He is King of kings, Lord of lords. But He ain't there just sitting idly by waiting on His time. No, He's sitting there on your behalf. He went to God the Father and said, God, that is one of my children. He's been covered by my blood. You know, I don't know how God deals in things. You look in the Old Testament and there's a whole lot of evidence that would say sometimes that God kind of has a short fuse. But I know how Jesus dealt with things when He was on this earth. Oh, He was meek. Oh, He wasn't quick-tempered. He was patient. He was kind. He was the kind of person you do Him wrong a hundred times and He would just say, okay... I'll do it again. So he's the one that's sitting there beside God. God wants to just... Man, God can't stand sin. Listen, y'all hear me? God looks at you and he what does He see? Without the blood of Jesus covering you, He sees sin, He sees corruption, He sees everything that can't be a part of Him. And His immediate thing and He thinks is, I need to get rid of that. But Jesus is there. He says, no. He's covered by my blood. So because of that blood, what does He see when He looks at us? He sees something pure. He sees something holy. He sees something clean and washed. If Jesus wasn't standing there today, I don't know how it would work out. I don't know if that salvation would still be good enough going on forward. I don't know if God would need to be reminded. I mean, He is all-knowing, but I know Jesus is there. You see, I don't have to wonder about that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter whether God would hold anything against me from now on because Jesus is there. He's preparing a place for me. He's making an intercession on my behalf. Y'all personalize it now. I know there's millions of us in this world. Billions. But He's there on my behalf. The King of kings, Lord of lords, the Creator of the universe, the One that just just spoke and things came into existence is there on my behalf. You understand that? Get, get it deep in your spirit this morning. I want you to understand that the One that can do anything is there on your behalf. He's telling God, listen, that's one of mine. He don't deserve it because I covered Him with my blood. Man, that's an awesome thing to think about. You begin to see what what God did in the way of salvation, but then you keep looking and you see, man, He's still providing. He's still making a way where there is no way. Now, that don't make sense, does it? Because, you know, I still sin. I don't know about y'all. I still sin. Man, I'm covered by the blood, but I still sin. He's still making a way. Romans 8 and 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, also making intercession for us. I want you all to turn over. I'm going to read you one more scripture today. Isaiah chapter 53. I tell you what, as I was reading this last night, 
I want y'all to do something. The next time you're reading a scripture, especially one like this one I'm about to read, read it out loud and see if there ain't some power in this word. You know, you can read these things in your mind and oh, blah, 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 blah. Y'all ever read about half a page and you say, I don't remember anything I just read? You read it and see if there ain't some power in the Word of God. I guarantee you, as I was reading this last night, oh man, you can say what you want to about King James. <laughs> it's poetic, it's amazing. Sometimes you simplify things too much and it just loses some of its power. Let's look at Isaiah 53. Let's see, where do we want to start? Start in verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on us the iniquity of us all. You understand what that means? The Lord put the charge of our sin on us. You see? That's the way it ought to be, right? We did it. We ought to have to pay for it. Verse 7 says, He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Now this is about Jesus back in Isaiah, okay? This is prophecy. If it don't sound like Jesus to you, then we need to go back and teach something else. You need to figure out this is Jesus. He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so He opened not His mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare His generation? For He was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of My people was He stricken. He made His grave with the wicked. Did you hear that? This is the King of kings. This is the Son of God. The only pure and holy one made His grave with the wicked. And with the rich in His death, because He had done no violence, neither was any deceit in His mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. It pleased God to bruise His own Son. Why, why, why is that important? Why is that important? You see, that, that's a testament to how great God's love was for us. Because He bruised His own Son. It pleased Him. Why? So that we could come back to Him. He hath put Him to grief when thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin. He shall see His seed. He shall prolong His days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. You see, Jesus, now I know y'all know this, but I want you to be reminded of it. Because sometimes, man, we get to go and think, okay, yeah, I'm saved, but we forget the price that was paid. We forget what it was He did on that cross and after. See, it didn't stop on the cross. I know He said it's finished, but that ain't what He was talking about. What He meant was that, that the price has been paid. It's finished. It's complete. 
But see, there were still some things He went to do. This Word tells you that, that the perfect One took our iniquity, our sin upon Him. The Word says the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. What does that mean? See, you deserve punishment. You deserve chastisement, discipline, because of your condition, my condition. But the chastisement of our peace was not upon us. We didn't have to pay it. He took it upon Himself. You know, not anybody can do that. There was only one that could do that. The, the whole sacrificial lamb thing that you read about in the Old Testament, it was all a picture of what Jesus came to do. They only picked a perfect lamb. They didn't pick a spotted one. They didn't go say, well, these are all good lambs over here. This one's kind of crippled. Let's sacrifice that one. Because I'm going to keep my good ones. No. They picked the best one. They took the very best they had and sacrificed. That covered their sin for a brief while. You see... Jesus, the perfect one. He didn't only take your sin and everything, all the punishment upon Himself, but after that was all finished, He went to heaven and began to prepare a place for you standing at the right hand of the Father. I want you all to know that it ought to make you rejoice today knowing that God, the Father, is sitting there listening to His Son plead your case all the time. Man, I tell you what, I don't know any lawyers. The best paid lawyers don't do that. You see, Jesus didn't only pay the ultimate price on this earth, but He's still there. He's still pleading your case before God, saying, God, they're mine. Remember, you sent me, God. Listen, I have to talk to God like this sometimes. God, remember, you sent me. I know you want to strike him right now, but you sent me to cover his sin, and I did it. I fulfilled it. It's finished. Remember I said that? You see, he's there all the time. He's there pleading your case. I tell you what, knowing that, it ought to change your prayer life a little bit. It ought to encourage you some to know that I can say this little prayer and Jesus, you know, have y'all ever known somebody that, that knew, understood something, but they just couldn't really speak it in the way that it ought to be said? You know what I'm talking about? You know, I, sometimes I understand something in great depth, but I have trouble getting the words out to explain the, the intensity of what I understand to somebody else. And sometimes I can't pray very good. Sometimes I'll begin to pray and I'll say, God, I don't even know how to pray right now. I don't know what I ought to pray right now. But you know how I feel. You know what my heart is. You see, Jesus is there. He's like an interpreter. He says, yeah, I know how you feel, but God, listen, this is what He really wanted to say. Man, I'm going to tell you all something. There, there is something wonderful about intercession. You see, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us also. He says, the, the Word says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Man, it's wonderful knowing that 
I don't have to have all the perfect words to say, but I can just go to the Father in the name of Jesus. You understand that? That's why we pray that way. That's why we say, God, help me in the name of Jesus. See, you're reminding me, I'm not coming to you on my account. I'm coming to you on His. Ain't it wonderful knowing that you're a child of God? Ain't it wonderful knowing that He loved me enough to not only provide a way through Jesus, but He keeps making a way to cover my sins and wash me, keep me clean. He says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I can't do it on my own. I can't be holy on my own. But Jesus can keep me washed. He can keep me clean. I can go to Him. I don't care how many times I mess up and say, Jesus, I did it again. I keep turning my back on You and I come back and You just welcome me back. See, I wouldn't do that. I don't care if it's my own son. You know, there, there's a point where I just get, get fed up and say, look, you're on your own. I've had enough. But y'all look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. There's a point where you just say, I've had enough. You ain't going to burn me again. Jesus don't do that. Y'all understand what the word unconditional means when it's talking about unconditional love? It means without condition. There is no condition you can apply to the circumstance that will change His love. You understand that? He's there. He's, he's wanting you to just come back all the time. He comes running to you and meets you halfway and says, Oh, I'm so glad you're back. Now, Father, He's one of mine. Remember, I covered Him with my blood. 